This is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Thought Thursday here on Awakened Path Radio. Today on our show, we have Ani Anderson, who is a thought leader, speaker, and coach on the leading edge in personal development, educating people in the practical science of energy medicine. Welcome to Awakened Path Radio today. Ani, it's so good that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Likewise. And you have a book out that I read, um, Find Your Soul's Agenda. Can you please tell us a little bit about your book? Sure. Find Your Soul's Agenda is a book that outlines a process that we use in our company to help people not only identify a purpose statement, but also identify their most prominent self-sabotaging behavior and patterns. So we decided to write the book because we've been using the Find Your Soul agenda process for a number of years in our practice, and it just gets such great results with clients. We thought it would be wonderful to reach a larger audience, and Mm -hmm. I kind of hesitated for a second because as we wrote it, we hoped that people would have success with the process just by reading the book Mm -hmm. uh, because we had been using it privately with clients, and um, it has been our experience. The book's been out for a few months now that people are able to read it and just really gain lots of insights and use the information just from the book, so that's really exciting. You just um, said uh, purpose. You help people with the purpose statement. Could you elaborate on what a purpose statement is for our listeners? Sure. From my perspective, purpose is about who we are, because as the Buddha says, your purpose is to live your purpose, which basically means, Mm. you know, you're alive, you're on purpose. And so many times as I've been talking about this work, people want to know what I have to say about finding your vocation. And I can talk about that, but that's not where I'm coming from in terms of what someone's purpose is. I believe that we're all here, like the Buddha says, to live our lives and that we're always on purpose. So if we're always on purpose, who are we? That becomes more of, you know, what my purpose statement is. It's really defining who I am. And so that's the that's the basis that we take with this purpose work. It's um, it's looking back at our lives and the memories that we've accumulated that we feel like are just the best memories. Those memories that really stick out to us is meaningful, mm. um, and looking at that to help us determine what it is that is unique about us that we experience life in a, in a unique way. And then we put real language, very uh, practical language around that so that people can understand who they are and how they approach life. Now, tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a thought leader and coach. And for those of us who are not familiar with um, what a thought leader is, could you explain that to us? I think a thought leader is somebody who's out there, you know, well, leading uh, the perception of the the masses. So 
you know, thinking a little bit different than most people think. You'll hear me say things that you may have never heard before. You've heard few people say. And so I'm intentionally every day when I wake up asking myself, how can I help people think in a certain way? I believe that that's what thought leaders do. And for me, what is that certain way? Just so you know. <laughs> right? right. Um, for me, that certain way is, because um, I'm, I'm not trying to brainwash anybody. Right. Um, for me, that certain way is how can I lead my life and live my life with an open heart, being compassionate for others and myself, knowing that every opportunity has, um, or every moment has an opportunity to create win-win-win relationships and circumstances. And by that, I mean, it's going to benefit me. It's going to benefit the person who's directly near me. Like, you know, this conversation is directly benefiting both of us. Mm -hmm. And it's also benefiting all the listeners and the people that they interact with. So it's win-win-win solutions all the time. So my thought leadership is always looking towards that. It's always looking towards how um, everybody has gifts. Everybody has value. How can we tap into people's highest potential and help them express that? Right. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey on uh, to becoming a thought leader. How did you arrive at this? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, uh, you know, probably about 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Gosh, is it that long? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> um, I started reading spiritual books. One of my first was Carolyn Mace. She wrote a book called Anatomy of the Spirit that's quite popular. Have you read that book? No, I have not. I have not. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's it's an oldie, but a goodie. Um, so <laughs> I remember in college, I read that book and it was talking about the chakras or the energy centers and how their health, uh, our, the health of our energy system creates health or disease and how we can become aware of in our bodies where there may be dis-ease happening based on our body symptoms. So anyway, that got me started on considering life in a whole new way, mm -hmm. health and, and myself and life in a whole new way. And so um, I studied, well, I, actually I'm a, an occupational therapist by trade. So that's what my, my master's degree is in. So I was an occupational therapist. I was studying energy medicine. I was studying, um, you know, the chakras and, um, well, that's energy medicine. Uh, I was studying different kinds of manual therapy and I got my massage license. I was really knee deep in holistic health mm. and um, I was getting great results with my clients. I still wouldn't have called myself a thought leader by any means, right. but um, I got great results with my clients. I really was helpful to people, a bit of a local superstar. My husband and I were in our area in terms of being able to help people with things that the doctors couldn't figure out. So that was super fun. Yeah. But it wasn't until for myself, my own life really fell apart. I got a divorce. It was very public. It was incredibly humiliating. Mm -hmm. um, the wellness center that I developed with my colleagues dissolved. Like there was everything just crumbled. <laughs> so from that, I had to rebuild my life and I needed to do it very, very quickly. Mm. And what happened was, um, that, well, to make this story pretty short, things ironed out really well. I was able to rebuild my life pretty well and in a very short amount of time, but I wasn't really aware of why it worked out so well. 
And it took me a number of years after that to look back at what had happened, what had I done to be able to decipher what exactly it was because I couldn't help anybody else if I couldn't put some you know, points around that for myself. So that's really when I start. I remember actually the first time somebody called me a thought leader and I thought they were full of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it put the thought in my head. And so, you know, I started to really think about, like I said, what had gone right for me? What had I done? What did I know that other people didn't know? And um, I started to get out there and really talk about that. And what I found was that what I had to say was really influential for people. And so that's where I think that idea of really coming into myself as a thought leader and coach really came from. Now, in your book, you talk about becoming a self-leader. What is a self-leader? And how can a person become a self-leader? Well, I think there's a lot of us, and this was me uh, years ago, we look towards other people to tell us how we should live our life. And, you know, I think it can be really beneficial to listen to folks like people are listening to this, you know, recording and, and uh you know, considering what we have to say on it. And I think that's really beneficial, but there comes a time when you have to, I believe, when you have to take what you've listened to and take what you've read and take what you've learned and think to yourself, what does that mean for me? How do I want to live my life? <clears throat> and the, the way that this really comes into play within an individual is, I think that we, we listen to, we read, and we learn about things, and it starts to spark a little something in us that has already been there all along. We were born with it. It's this spark of desire uh, to be more, to do more, and to have more in our lives than we ever have before. Most people stop there, though. They stop at the spark. They stop at the daily inspiration that they might get on Facebook or you know, mm -hmm. listening to a podcast, and they stop there. I believe a self-leader goes just a little bit further mm. and they start to look at how can I lead myself and my own life? And in order to do that, we have, it's brave work, honestly, it really is because we have to look at how, when I was growing up, was I conditioned not to think for myself? How was I conditioned to behave in certain ways, to speak certain words, to think certain thoughts, to feel certain feelings? Because in order for us to, to actualize our desires, in order for us to actually be more, to actually do more, to actually have more in life, we are going to have to confront our patterning. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of, you know, how does one become a self-leader? The first step really is about awareness. It really is about, well, it's, it's about becoming aware of what these patterns are that are running. And I really believe that this is more about shifting a lifestyle than getting it and, you know, landing there, that quote unquote, there to that place where I don't have patterns anymore, because that's not how it works. We're always going to have patterns, yeah. but are our patterns working for us or not? So the first step is really to become aware of what patterns are operating in our lives. And like I said, this becomes a lifestyle of becoming aware of decoding or looking at where those patterns came from and then choosing whether we want to modify them um, and reframe them to help us to align with our desires and align with our, our goals and the life that we'd really like to have. Right. And you know, that's uh, brainwashing uh, 
is a, is a way that causes us to not be able to think for ourselves. And it's crucial. I mean, you mentioned awareness, and it's crucial that we become aware when we are being sucked into beliefs or, or, or pat thought patterns that are not our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that that's what, I mean, and brainwashing causes, it, it suffocates our own thoughts and our own pat, our own patterns of, of behavior. And it's, and it's interesting because it can happen without e- us even realizing it. I mean, you turn on the news, politics tell us to think a certain way churches tell us to think a certain way things like that and it really suffocates the individuality of us really yeah as adults that's so true i mean as kids were raised before the age of seven in theta brain waves which are the brain waves that uh, we're in when we're being hypnotized so we're mm-hmm. like we're constantly being brainwashed before the age of seven but mm-hmm. as adults we have the ability to reject information from going into our subconscious mind, but so often we don't. I mean, I could watch the news and shut it off and feel um, crummy about myself and about life and about people out there and not even realize that I didn't reject. I didn't, when I was watching it, say, no, this isn't the way I want to think about life. This isn't the person I want to be. It's so easy for us just to kind of be complacent Mm -hmm. and um, allow all of those consumptions to enter into us, you know, not just, uh, I, I actually kind of like that idea of what, what do we consume, not just with food, but with mm-hmm. thoughts and with right. words every day. Right. And, um, <clears throat> and it's, and we notice how those people who step outside of the box, how they are treated and yeah. people look at them, they stare at them, things like that, but they're being who they are. They're, they're not allowing others to determine who they are, what they yeah. think, and yeah. what they say, yep. and how they behave. So, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. We don't even, I mean, for the most part, I mean, mind you, there are people who are uh, awakening every day, but for the most part, people don't know that they are being brainwashed by the way, or that they have been brainwashed to think, to, cert, to, to conform, to be the same like everyone else, to have yeah. the same haircut, you know, drive the same type of cars and have the picket fence and all those things like that. <laughs> that's right. And yeah. that's very interesting because there's a further down the road from where I live, there's this gorgeous house. I mean, it stands out. I mean, it has... Um, balls like these globe balls in the front of the house it's it's beautiful it is not like any other house and it is so amazing this person decided i'm going to be who I'm, i am and they have a big whale that's painted on the side of the house it's amazing <laughs> i mean a whale and i mean it gets a lot of attention and there's some people who say oh i can't believe they're doing that to a neighborhood <laughs> bringing down our property values and blah, blah, blah. And I just like, oh my goodness, that is beautiful. This person is not conforming to everyone else's boring house color and <laughs> they're being themselves. And they have all these beautiful things outside in the yard. I mean, it's beautiful. So that's just an, an example of, of how people treat someone who's, who's, the, who's, not gonna, who's not conforming to what they're doing, you know, who's, who's yeah. being who they are, who's not allowing the, the thought patterns and the brainwashing to affect them or t- they're not consuming it, they're yep. rejecting it. Absolutely. You bring up such an important point because I think for us, as we go forward in our day, we could really 
look at where we do that because we not we we might not even say it out loud. Mm. We might just be doing it in our head to judge other people in their right. in their expression. But what would the world look like if we actually could be in our expressions, be who we are, express mm. that and appreciate each other for it? That would be pretty amazing. It would be so beautiful, everyone being themselves. And I think that it would also, you know, it would also lessen the bullying in schools, you know, in, re- in regards to kids getting bullied who are different or who, who, who are not like everyone else. Absolutely. So I think that would play a role. I say that because I have children in school. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we've dealt with some of those, those issues. Absolutely. I say that I raise free range children and Mm -hmm. to to full transparency, my kids go to a private school Mm -hmm. where the whole environment is very, um, you know, like authenticity is a virtue, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a different kind of environment. And what we see there with these free range kids is my God, they are creative. Oh, yes. Um, they yes. are connected as a community. I mean, these are like some pretty amazing yes. people that yeah. we're raising. And um, uh, it is my you know, greater hope and idealism that those are the things that are coming for us as our mm-hmm. systems really are mm-hmm. in a place of um, reinvention um, mm-hmm. over the next how many years. Yeah, that would be beautiful. And I hope, I mean, I see more, more and more students come, uh, children being themselves and being cre- their creative selves and feeling free to express themselves. And I think that the more, uh, the more people who will become more free to be who they are and think the way they are, I mean, the less, the, the, the safety in numbers, you know, all of us are being, are being who we are and we're not afraid. Yep. And that would kind of make those people who are judgmental and, um, who are, who, you know, are very quick to say something or say we're not, we're, we're being weird or we're different. It will kind of maybe lessen their voice a little bit or so we hope. Yeah, because they would see us stepping out with, um, I was going to say without fear, but I don't think it's without fear. It's right. that the fear is there, but stepping out anyway. And bravely. when people yeah. judge, yeah, bravely. When people judge, uh, it's really coming from a place of fear anyway. So right. it allows more and more people. And I do see more of this happening than ever before. It's a pretty exciting time. Yes, it is. To it step is. out into their authenticity. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's wonderful. Now, also, you talk about nature in your book, and you um, say that. Um, the laws of nature rule our lives. So, how, so what, what role does nature play in our, in our lives? Yeah, the laws of nature are working with and through us all the time, but mm-hmm. most of us have no idea what they are. And I, gosh, I mean, again, mm-hmm. from like an idealistic point of view, I would love to see that the laws of nature are something that are taught to us when we're children yes. so that we understand because mm-hmm. It's like gravity. Um, you know, if you didn't know about gravity, you might walk off the, the cliff or something like that. <laughs> wonder what happened. You know, like mm-hmm. it sounds kind of ridiculous to talk about because we all know about gravity, but we don't know about the laws of the universe and we don't use them in our lives. They're working with and through us all the time, mm. with, through everybody. They're omnipresent. They're unconditional. They're always operational, no matter who you are, what you've done or where you live. Um, so we might as well know what they are and, um, and start to use them in our lives. That's right. You use them for our benefit. Yeah. Now, um, what do you think the main reason, one main reason why we don't live our life to our fullest, fullest potential? In other words, what 
do you think holds us back? I was just listening to a podcast last night and the podcast was talking about how you have to change your thoughts to change your life, which is a little bit of a soapbox for me. The -hmm. person went on to say that, um, you know, you can't believe what you see and you can't believe what you hear and feel out there in the world because it is our reality, but we can only experience a very limited perception with our senses. And I rolled my eyes as I was listening to this and I thought to myself, you know, that's true. That's true. We have a very limited perception. We can't believe what we see. We can't believe what we hear. And guess what? We're sensate beings Mm. who are seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting the world Mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I I think it's really important to work with that information rather than to um, tell ourselves that we just need to change how we're thinking to change our lives or um, that we just need to like imagine the life that we want regardless of what we're sensing because we're living in this body that functions. It has a nervous system. We are a nervous system. We (laughs) we have to learn to work with these things in order to really um, achieve the life that we want to live. So, you know, my husband and I teach what we call sensation-based mindset, and it teaches people how to not just get in touch, but understand what I'm talking about right now about the senses and how they work and how to work with them. Mm-hmm. Because it's been my experience that that is one of the biggest things that really holds people back. People know for the most part what they want to achieve, what they want to do, who they want to be, what they want to have. They, they know that. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it takes a few questions, because some people might say, that's not true. I don't know clarity. It is. If you sat down with me for 10 seconds, I'd be able to get it out of you. Um, (laughs) but, but people can't get what they want and it's because of our senses, um, sensing reality in a certain way. And we need to learn, um, we didn't need to learn about them. We need to learn that that's what's going on so that we can overcome it because otherwise we'll just keep kidding ourselves that we can change our thinking. Um, you know, there's 99.9% of people who know that they can change their thinking and they don't know how to go about doing it. So they won't succeed. Right. Now, how is your, you have a background in therapy. Yeah. Uh, so how does that contribute? How does that contribute to your coaching business? Yeah, I'm an occupational therapist by trade. My husband and business partner is a physical therapist. And the way in which we help people is through the body and understanding the senses. And so that really is uh, where our background comes from. Um, it's uh, at this point, it flavors everything we do. Our understanding of neurology, our understanding of physiology, our understanding of anatomy and how the body works really helps us to come from a very unique perspective. Whereas most people in the personal development space mm. understand the intellect and are talking about the intellect. And a lot of people in the personal development space also understand spirituality and collective consciousness and things like that. Mm. But it's been my experience from working in body mind medicine for 20 years that few people really, truly understand body-mind medicine. Um, Mm -hmm. Most people are scratching the surface uh, with that information. And so integrating the body-mind piece is really where it's been at for me. And that's where the therapeutics come in um, and how it informs everything that I do and teach my, my clients. Fantastic. Well, we've had a great discussion and we could talk all day, but, (laughs) but we can't. (laughs) But um, so is there any last messages that you would like 
for to to give any last message that you would like to give our listeners today before we leave Sure. I think summing up, you know, what I've really been talking about today in the discussion we've been having from an action standpoint, like what can you actually do really comes down to being aware of what you actually feel. So paying attention to your body and what you actually feel in your body, paying attention to your emotions and what emotions you actually are feeling, because that's the open door to transforming your life in new and powerful ways. And so we live in this world about you know, think positive and that's all well and good, but you don't get there until you pay attention to where you are. So mm -hmm. I just love to encourage listeners to be mindful, become aware of the sensations that they're feeling, the emotions that they're having and allow them to, to be there mm -hmm. so that they can open up a new way of life. Now, do you have any upcoming publications, projects, work, uh, workshops or speaking engagements that you would like to inform our listeners about? Well, the best way to find out about those things is on the New Way of Health website um, on events. So it's newwayofhealth.com slash events. My husband and I actually do quite a bit of teaching. So, um, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, there's likely going to be something happening really soon because <laughs> we teach a lot. <laughs> so if you go to that website, you'll find out about the latest and greatest. And that, that the website is, so people can keep in touch with you again, is? newwayofhealth.com slash events. Okay. Very good. Well, Ani, it was such a pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And please continue to do the great work that you're doing. joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.